0: You are in for a treat today. I sat down with my friend and speech language pathologist Rachel and we talked about meeting toddlers where they're at developmentally, how families are successful when they're receiving speech therapy, including home programming and what that may look like. We also talked about what could be hindering communication opportunities, raising expectations for our kiddos, and how to partner with your speech therapist. She also talked about the importance of honesty between the parent and the clinician and how that really supports the toddler. And her talking tip today is excellent. And quite honestly, it's something we haven't talked about enough on this podcast up until this point. And moving forward, I wanna give you more information about this, I hope you enjoy. Hello moms and dads, welcome to the Talking Toddler Coach Podcast. Do you want to know what's typical for toddlers and how you can help your toddler talk more? Have you tried to ease your kiddo's frustration when it comes to talking but can't seem to prevent those dreaded tantrums? Hi, I'm Heather Randolph, pediatric speech-language pathologist. I've had the privilege to work with parents who've told me with tears in their eyes, I don't know what to do. Parents who want their child to be heard and understood with less overwhelm in the process, just like you. I'd love to come alongside you as I did with them to help you feel more calm and confident. You'll learn about typical development, what to do if you're concerned, and practical, doable tips that you can use in everyday life to help your toddler communicate more. Whether you're on your way to work or folding that never-ending laundry, let's get started. Rachel, welcome to the Talking Toddler Coach podcast. Would well, you like you to tell? Yes, you're welcome. Would you like to tell my listeners
1: about yourself? I. My name is Rachel Morse. I've been a speech therapist for um, quite a long time, um, over twenty-five years. So that ages me a bit. I have worked in a variety of settings hospital, NICU, school setting, outpatient, and I've owned my own um, private practice since 2002. So you are seasoned, well seasoned. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: All right. The purpose of my podcast is really to help those parents with the toddler age, looking at late talkers or even just families wanting to know just how to better support their kids' communication. What have you seen as the most effective ways to help a toddler talk or talk more?
1: I think I have found that meeting them on their level is extremely important and it's a great place to start. A lot of times um, we're talking, parents are talking to their children at unacceptable and having unacceptable expectations with their responses. So I think it's extremely important to find out communicatively what level they're on, how to talk to them at that level. And then how do we get them to the next developmental level or stage? That's a great point. Having those realistic expectations. Yeah. Sometimes um, people don't know what their children should be doing or saying, or how they should be talking at 18 months or, 24 months or things like that. So it's really important to get that information because that I think is very helpful. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think the parents
0: that have multiple children, and they've seen their kiddos develop differently, they then they have this expectation of maybe their youngest one developing a certain way that an older sibling had developed at and,
1: and maybe it was advanced versus... Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think just boys and girls develop differently too. Um, and I, think For sure. I forget that, that there's kind of a different motive um, with toddlers that are, you know, boys and girl toddlers at two years yeah. old. They are two different kiddos. They are. They are. Yes. <laughs> they are.
0: <laughs> so how have you... Now, let me rephrase that. What have you seen families do that has supported their toddler's communication? So beyond knowing where their child is at and then how to meet them there, how do you see them support their toddler
1: to go to the next level, so to speak? Are you talking about families that have sought out a speech evaluation or parents that have not?
0: Yeah, I'm going to say...
1: Hmm. That's a good question.
0: I'm going to say,
1: I think there's different answers
0: for both. There are different answers. That is sure. That is for sure. Okay. So let's go with the family who has not had the speech evaluation yet. Okay. What What are you seeing them do that's supporting their toddler's communication
1: development? Often many of them will talk to their pediatricians. Yeah. Right. Like what should they be doing? How many words should they have? Yeah. Um, what are some things that I can do? Some of them might just Google, how do I help my toddler talk more? They might look on um, the American Speech and Hearing Association website for tips. Yeah. Um, I think there are videos, appropriate videos right now on YouTube that you can watch on how to facilitate um, you. You know, good responses. Some parents have gone, I've had parents that have gone to like a sign language class at the local community college. Um, have gotten a couple of books to read, you know, that have been very um, appropriate and important. However, it's always fun to see how they implement the information in the book. Reading the book and implementing it are two different things. Very different things.
0: (laughs) Very different. So in terms of the families that you've worked with, what have you seen that they do. So once they've had the speech evaluation, they're receiving your speech services. How do you see the families being successful? What are they,
1: what are they doing? Um, I have the expectation when someone starts speech therapy with me, the speech therapy with me, um, I have the expectation that they complete home programming. And that is stated early, very early on. I'm going to give you things to work on every week. Um, you know, you need to work on them. We're working towards these goals together. Um, and I have found that that is very effective. It's not a ton of things to work on, but one or two things a week, I think is completely realistic to fit in during activities of daily living every day. It's not overwhelming. It's not like you're sitting down and doing 45 minutes of, of homework. If you can just fit it in throughout the day during communicative opportunities, It's best for the child and it's very efficient and productive for the families.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can you, can you give an example of one thing you might
1: assign for that home program for the week? Um, For example, if a child were working on one word utterances, I might have them label things around the house. You know, if a child is pointing to something on the counter and their cup of milk is on the counter, you know, saying milk, do you want your milk? or cup, you want your cup, you know, things like that to try to help them imitate. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So on the flip
0: side, what do you see families doing that might be hindering communication? They're, they're not doing it intentionally. It might be, and they're not doing anything wrong, so to speak, because I don't, I don't want families to listen to this and go, Oh man, but just maybe something they might be doing In their daily routine, that's kind of hindering that communication opportunity.
1: So I think we have a tendency to forget that toddlers change and change quickly, right? Yeah. Their gross motor skills change and advance. Their communicative um, skills change and advance. Their fine motor skills change and advance. And we have to change with them. So okay. again, talking to them on a, in an on an appropriate developmental level, um, I think is extremely important. Um, I have found that a lot of parents will reward the pointing and grunting, um, mm-hmm. which is not helpful um, because they're not doing anything. You know, they're not doing a sign, they're not doing a word approximation, just pointing, right. grunting, or whining to indicate their needs and wants um, does not help push them to the next level. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. And I will say, because I know, I know families get busy and, mm-hmm. you know, kiddo kind of, uh-uh, you know, here you go, you can have that. Yes. Well, yeah. So, so if the, uh, uh-uh uh, is getting rewarded every single time, why would they say a word?
1: Why would they change it? Yeah, there's no, there actually is communicative intent with that, but that's not the intent that we want, right? Right. It's not an intelligible um, word approximation, um, two word phrase. I mean, again, it depends on what level they're on, but um, it's not pushing them or facilitating any skills that they can do at a higher level for sure. And many of them can it's often just the way that it's, they're being talked to and it's being facilitated. Right. I think sometimes just comes across. There are many times that you do these speech evaluation and the parents say, oh my gosh, they've never done that for me. And all you've done is language modeling or, um, you know, introduce a basic sign to get them to decrease communicative frustration, things like that. Right. Right. And that, That's kind of an important point. I think it's, it's
0: these tiny little things that we can do that really move the needle.
1: Yeah. Doesn't have to be a giant gesture. Absolutely. You have to adjust with the growth spurt, right? Yeah. So, you know, when the one-year-old starts walking, we usually buy the shoes, right? So, you know, I think when they start talking, we have to remember that they can do a lot more and they're expected to do these things they change so quickly they change yeah. every three to six months whether yeah. they're developing communication typically or atypically things change yeah things things are moving and grooving yes That's absolutely, absolutely. And are. yes and we are. we need to move with that yeah. right so yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I think those of us that have been doing it a long time, you see a little one out in public and you're like, yep, there's a four-year-old. Yep, there's a two-year-old. Yep, there's a, (laughs) because you can just hear them, you know, and know their skills and oh, right. Yep, that's what they're doing. So, right, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. You kind of mentioned this,
0: I think, around a little bit when you talked about the expectation for the home program, you set that up with families right at the beginning um, so kind of in that vein, how how do you think families can partner
1: well with their speech therapist? I think it is extremely important for parents to have open and honest communication with their speech mm-hmm. therapist. We mm-hmm. are all human. Yeah. If I give them homework and it doesn't happen, I get it. I get yeah. it. Just tell me it doesn't happen because that might change my lesson plan for that following week. You know, if, if, if we start a session and you say, normally I'll ask at the beginning, how did the homework go? You know, to be honest, we didn't do it. Okay. Um, my patient's parents will let me know when a child's hospitalized, if there's any medical changes, um, anything like that, that would impact um, communication or progress, I think is very important to yeah. have an open, open dialogue with your therapist about, we're here to help, right? We're here to guide, right. here to help, we're right. help, we're facilitators, yeah. we're advocates for the child and yeah. the family. So there is absolutely no judgment when something doesn't go as planned, life happens, right. Right. So, but it just might change the course a little bit for that month and that's okay.
0: Yeah. And I think you bring up an excellent point because we're not, uh, we're not coming on, coming down with them with a hammer, like, no. Oh no, you didn't do it. You know, it's, it really is just so that we can adjust what we were going to do. And, and really the next home programming that we do assign those, yep. those things change.
1: You have a kiddo in the hospital, right? Yeah. So- say I have a kiddo in the hospital and I work on oral motor and feeding and communication while well, their endurance level is going to be shot, you yes. know, for the next probably week or two, just yes. trying to get their endurance built back up to what yes. it was or to tolerate those things. So maybe shorten the session a few minutes because yep. they can't tolerate it or yep. you go until they can, or you just make a few flexible changes to make it productive and efficient. Yeah. And even with the toddlers, when
0: their napping schedules start to change, yeah, like we need to know that because all of a sudden, so and so might be incredibly cranky or refusing, and it, what's going on? So just right. kind of letting letting us know so that we can support the best yeah. way
1: possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just had a kiddo this morning. Same conversation with mom. Last two yeah. weeks, on a little. She gets a little tired. She discontinued the morning nap. So we're going to try to move her up a little bit because yep. she's, she's petering out by late yeah. morning, you know, yep. hopefully so, cause she just made that transition. So again, if parents are open and honest about that, then we can make those adjustments to make that a better efficient use of time for the report. Yeah. yeah,
0: Because when the kiddos in speech therapy, we want them getting the most of it. And if it's, if it's a battle against a tiring toddler, it's <laughs> just, it's like,
1: it isn't, it isn't worth anyone's time at that point. Yeah, no. If they're tired, if they're hungry, yeah. you know. Sometimes we might pull out a snack for some motivation and incentive, or just get that blood sugar kind of going again. I mean, the littlest thing can help um, have a yeah. successful therapy session.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one more question about. So let's say you have a, a toddler, one word utterances great, but they're past that age where we've already expected the two word utterances. So we, we want them to move to that two word, two word utterance. What,
1: what would you suggest as a, as a homework item for that family? Um, immediately I would suggest to the parent to model two word language extensions. So whatever word they're saying, for example, say they're playing with a ball and Um, the child says ball. Well, you add a word to that one word utterance and model it back to them, ball up, or ball go, or blue ball, you know, anything to just and if they come back and say ball, you model it again. I mean, you kind of just keep going um, back and forth to see if you can add that second word to make a two word phrase.
0: Yeah, I love that one. I love that one a lot. And I I think I think some parents feel like they get sick of hearing themselves talk because they're modeling so much. And so yeah. I'm, I'm always telling my parents, great. That's exactly what I, where I want you to be. Cause I know
1: you're doing it
0: enough. Right.
1: right. So, But I also think you have to model the correct things you're trying to facilitate. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times, I mean, I've seen parents with babies and they're, they're modeling high level things, you know, like yes. high, toddler level language versus, um, yeah. and then, you know, a parent gets concerned. Why don't I want them to demonstrate baby talk? Well, everybody goes through the stage of typical babbling right yeah. before they talk. So it's not that you're keeping them there. Mm-mm. You're just, we're just visiting that station for a little bit and moving right along and moving through it. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's a fun one. Cause the language extensions can do a lot. I think anywhere from Two word phrases up to four or five. It's really just yeah. building those sentences up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes parents need modeling themselves from us to kind of help them learn those extensions. Absolutely.
1: And, then once, and then once they learn it, they're pretty much good to go. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think sometimes they can get a little fixated on say this, say that, yeah. say this, say that. That's probably one. Um, other probably um, thing that cannot be so helpful. Sometimes parents forget if you tell your child to say this or say that all the time, that's direct imitation. That's mm-hmm. not use of spontaneous language, right? Yeah. yeah. So we forget that on yeah. them to think yeah. about it and use it. Right. Versus always being prompted. so that's always a tough line too, of when to explain. When do you model and prompt? When do you not? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And
0: I think taking away that phrase at the beginning, say this, say this, yes. taking that away, it sounds more natural because when we're talking to each other, we're not
1: say this, go ball. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, some, um, of those, some of those toddlers, let's face it, they're defiant, right? Yeah. So if you're telling them, tell me this, say no. this. Like a robot, they're going to look at you. That's not fun for them because they're putting, they're being put on demand to perform. And many of them do not like that approach.
0: No, no. And a lot of times it's just engaging in their play activity and modeling things, modeling words, phrases within their play activity and not necessarily expecting imitation but a lot of times you can get imitation if that uh explicit directive is taken away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Say that, say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think also too, parents can get nervous, right? First of all oh, yeah. when we're trying to facilitate things yeah. or whatever and they're not performing. Right. The parents are like, oh, 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 come on. Come oh, on. Can say that. Oh, he can say that. Oh, he does that. Oh, he yeah. does that. Oh, I know he does that because I just tested him, but I'm trying to see if he can do it on his own or without a prompt or without the picture cue or, you know, you're trying different things. And I think that takes a little bit for parents to realize, oh, these are strategies. These are things that she's trying to, you know, see what works for them or just different ways to, to elicit things. So, you know, it's definitely a process. Definitely. Definitely. Based on our conversation, what would you like the
0: talking tip, today's talking tip, to be? Is there anything you want to restate?
1: Is there anything? Um, you know, I would like to add to this. Okay. Um, because we've talked a lot about talking and el- eliciting talking and mm-hmm. facilitating different things. But there's also the receptive language component, too. Yep. So that is important. I think it's important for parents to know that a child will understand the language before they use it. So, so I guess for me, the talking tip would be let's take a half a step back and make sure we understand those skills at that developmental age as well so that they can use those words because if you don't know what they mean or what they are or what the picture is you're definitely not going to label it or use that word to communicate or request an item or want an item so that's just as equally important i think too okay
0: for them to under, to for the toddler to understand the meaning of the word before they start using it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely how would a parent go about knowing that you know is it is it naming a toy and going to get
1: it is it the following directions is it understanding where your body parts are in anything that is um includes comprehension pointing to pictures and books identifying some verbs you know show me sleeping show me eating those kinds of things following simple directions in play yeah Um, those are some good appropriate toddler things to do. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And thank you for being here. You are welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Hey moms and dads, thanks for taking the time to listen in. If you have found value in this episode, please share it with a friend and consider writing a review. Both of these help other parents find this information too. My goal for this podcast is to support as many parents of toddlers as possible. Quick disclaimer, the content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not considered speech therapy. However, if you need help finding a speech therapist, please reach out. My contact information and links for your free guide to speech sound development are in the show notes. I'm excited to meet with you back here next week. Have a great day.